Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Metro Inc. 2021 Fourth Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. And if at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also note that the call is being recorded on Wednesday, November 17, 2021. And I would like to turn the conference over to Sharon Kadosh, Manager, Investor Relations and Treasury. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sylvie. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Our comments will focus on the financial results of our fourth quarter, which ended on September 25th. With me today is Mr. Eric Laflèche, President and Chief Executive Officer, and François Thibault, Executive VP and Chief Financial Officer. During the call, we will present our fourth quarter results and comment on its highlights. We will then be happy to take your questions. Before we begin, I would like to remind you that we will use in today's discussion different statements that could be construed as forward-looking information. In general, any statement which does not constitute a historical fact may be deemed as a forward-looking statement. Expressions such as expect, intend, or confident that, will, and other similar expressions are generally indicative of forward-looking statements. The forward-looking statements are based upon certain assumptions regarding the Canadian food and pharmaceutical industries, the general economy, and our annual budget, as well as our 2020-2021 action plan. These forward-looking statements do not provide any guarantees as to the future performance of the company and are subject to potential risks, known and unknown, as well as uncertainties that could cause the outcome to differ materially. A description of these risks, which could have an impact on these statements, could be found under the risk management section of our 2020 annual report. As with the preceding risk, the COVID-19 pandemic constitutes a risk that could have an impact on the business, operations, projects, synergies, and performance of the company. We believe these statements to be reasonable and pertinent at this time and represent our expectations. The company does not intend to update any forward-looking information except as required by applicable law. I will now turn the call over to Francois. Thank you, Sharon, and uh, good morning, everyone. So for the quarter, uh, total sales were up uh, 4.092 billion versus 4.144 last year. That's a decrease of 1.2%, but up 6% when compared to the fourth quarter of 2019. Food same-source sales declined by 2.9% for the quarter, but grew by 6.8% on a two-year basis. Pharma same-source sales were up 4.1% on top of 5.5 in the previous year. Our gross margin stood at 20.4% of sales versus 20.2% for the same quarter last year, uh, reflecting an overall good merchandising performance in both food and pharma. Operating expenses were down slightly year over year and represented 10.5% of sales versus 10.4% last year, and our COVID-19 related expenses amounted to to 9 million for the quarter. That decrease of 18 million in COVID costs versus the same quarter last year was offset by an increase in other operating expenses mainly related to activities and services that have been reinstated after initially being paused at the start of the pandemic, such as hot foods, for example. Advertising is also up versus last year. 
going forward, though, we will no longer report specific COVID-19 related costs, not only because these costs are much lower than before, but also to be frank, the line between a COVID expense and a regular expense has now become quite blurred. EBITDA for the quarter, total 403.6 million, flat versus last year, but at a margin on sales of 9.9% versus 9.7% last year. Our depreciation expense was down 6.5% versus last year, but I remind you that we had 10.7 million of accelerated amortization last year related to the opening of our new fresh DC in Ontario. Adjusted net earnings were 200.6 million compared to 193.1 million last year, an increase of 3.9%, and our adjusted net earnings per share were 81 cents, up 5.2% versus last year's adjusted EPS of 0.77. On a two-year basis, EPS grew 19.1%, representing an annual compounded growth rate of 9.1%, well in line with their annual growth target of 8 to 10%. In fiscal 2021, capital expenditures amounted to a little under 600 million, up 88.6 million versus last year. And this record level of CapEx is the result of our ongoing investments in the modernization of our supply chain in both provinces and in our retail store network, including in-store technology, as well as the increase in our online capacity. At the end of the fourth quarter, we had 340 stores equipped with self-checkouts and 170 stores with electronic shelf labels. And for fiscal 2022, we plan on adding another 80 stores with self-checkouts and another 70 stores with electronic shelf labels. Also during the fiscal year, we opened our online dark store in Montreal, one Metro Plus and one Adonis in Province of Quebec, and one Food Basics in Ontario. We also relocated another Food Basics and carried out major renovations in nine stores, representing a net increase of 260,000 square feet, or 1.3% of our food retail network. On September 30th, we announced the amendment to our normal course issuer, issuer bid program, sorry, allowing us to repurchase an additional 1.5 million shares over and above the initial 7 million shares author, authorized. We completed our program on November 9th, having repurchased a total of 8.5 million shares for consideration of 498 million, representing an average share price of $58.55. So that's it for me. I'll now turn it over to Eric. Thank you, Francois, and good morning, everyone. We ended the fiscal year on a strong note with adjusted earnings per share growth of 5.2% in the fourth quarter, despite lower sales as we cycled exceptional sales last year. On a two-year basis, we delivered sales growth of 6%, an adjusted EPS growth of 19.1%. In our fourth quarter, food same store sales were down 2.9%, but up 6.8% when compared to fiscal 2019. As expected, with government restrictions easing over the summer, a portion of food consumption transferred back to restaurants. Similar to Q3, transactions were up in Q4 year over year, but are still below 2019. Average basket size was down versus last year, but remains significantly higher than two years ago. Promotional penetration increased and is now back to pre-pandemic levels. For the quarter, our internal food basket inflation was 2%, up from the 1% in the prior quarter, with the main drivers being meat and dairy products. Turning to pharmacy, Comparable sales were up 4.1% and 9.8% versus 2019, with prescription drugs up a strong 6.7% in the quarter as we continue to see an uptick in physicians' visits. 
Front of store sales were down 1.1% this quarter and up 4.9% versus 2019. OTC, beauty, and cosmetic sales were up versus prior quarters. However, we were cycling significant sales of COVID products such as masks, gels, and sanitizers last year. Online grocery sales were flat versus last year in the fourth quarter as demand is leveling off from peak COVID levels, but up 160% versus 2019. The online market is still growing, but at a slower pace. We are on track to increase our capacity with the ramp up of the Montreal Dark Store. Click and Collect now available in 180 Metro stores versus 170 originally planned and new hub stores in Ottawa and Shikutsumi this summer, and soon Windsor. Super C is now on the corner shop platform for rapid home delivery. So our strategy is providing operational flexibility and we believe well adapted to our local markets and demand growth. When fully deployed in 2023, our online service will be available to 85% of the population of Quebec and Ontario. On the pharmacy side, our e-commerce offering is evolving as well. This month, actually this week, we will be launching our click and collect service at more than 250 Jean Coutu locations across Quebec, Ontario, and New Brunswick. Customers will now be able to order online more than 20,000 products, including over-the-counter medicine, and pick it up the same day at their local Jean Coutu pharmacy. This new service is in addition to the long-standing delivery service for prescriptions and the more recent corner shop platform for quick delivery of HABA products. Our supply chain projects are progressing well. Operations in the new produce DC and Toronto are not yet at the expected productivity level, but continue to improve every week. We are pleased with the service level to our stores and the quality of our product. The new automated frozen DC is in the final commissioning stage, and we expect to start shipping to stores in January the transition from the existing frozen DC will take place over a four-month period. In Quebec, construction of the new automated fresh and frozen facility in Terrebonne is well underway and is scheduled for a 2023 opening. Looking ahead, while we can't predict exactly how the pandemic will evolve, we expect our food sales to decline versus last year until the second anniversary of the pandemic in March, but to continue to compare favorably on a two-year basis. In our pharmacy division, we expect strong comparable sales in the first half of the year as we are cycling an eight-week labor conflict at Varennes in Q1 last year and six weeks of government restrictions on the sale of non-essential goods in Q2 last year. Our industry is experiencing cost inflation pressures, mostly cost of goods sold, labor, transportation. However, we're working hard to contain those cost increases and provide the best value possible to our customers. As always, our teams are focused on daily execution while delivering on our strategic priorities. So that's it. We'll now take your questions. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, and gentlemen, if you do have any questions at this time, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And if you would like to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you are using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star 1 now if you have any questions. And your first question will be from Patricia Baker at Scotiabank. Please go ahead. 
Uh, thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. Um, Eric and Francois, I just would like to talk about, you know, the current uh, backdrop, and you talked about seeing uh, labor, labor cost inflation, cost of goods inflation. What are you seeing from the CPG uh, companies? What are, what are they looking for? Because they're sort of incurring higher costs, and then somewhat related to that, are you have seen any disruption to availability of any product, uh, you know, uh, in, in the context of the current backdrop? Um, okay, so, so yes, for sure, some of our, of our vendors are experiencing inflationary pressures uh, uh, of their own, clearly, and uh, we have received some cost increases uh, late summer and, 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 and through these uh, last few weeks, there, there are cost increases coming uh, because of, you know, commodity issues, uh, weather issues, uh, labor and, 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 and whatnot at the vendor end. So yes, there are cost increases, and that's what's causing inflation. Uh, we're uh, we're confident in our ability to pass on costs and over time, but uh, we we are working hard to contain those costs and and make sure that we are market competitive and that we can you know provide great prices to our to our customers. So that's a reality right now. Those inflationary pressures. So we're we're managing as best we can. Availability. Yes, there are there are uh, uh, SKUs that uh, continue to be uh, hard to uh, get supply. And to get the quantities that, that we would like, there are some. Uh, they're not that many, but there are some key items uh, where, where we are on allocations. Uh, the whole industry is, so that continues to be an issue. It's it's better than it was, but it, it continues to be a factor. Well, thank you very much for that color. And can I just follow up with one follow-up question? That is, did you see uh, any sort of difference in the pace of growth? Uh, at conventional versus discount uh, in this in this quarter relative to what you would have seen in the first three quarters of the year. I would say I would say that in Q4 versus prior quarters it was not that different. Uh, as okay. inflation as, as inflation accelerated uh, late in Q4 in September mostly, you know, uh, and into this quarter right now, uh, clearly there's there's an inflationary pressure, and that's uh, causing customers to uh, to look for value. So uh, when I said that, uh, you know, restaurants were opening up this summer, we certainly felt that. But uh, our, our sense is that uh, consumers are, are, are consuming more at homes uh, than they were two years ago, that's for sure. But they're consuming more at home right now than they were over the summer. So uh, we're, we're, co we're confident that we're well positioned in both our discount stores, our, our, our conventional fresh stores to serve customers who are facing these inflationary pressures. So managing as best as we can, to, like I said, to provide great value, great prices, so that we can meet the consumer, consumer demand for food at home. Okay. Thank you very much, Eric. Thank you. And your next question will be from Mark Petrie at CIBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning. I just I just wanted to follow up specifically on the on the inflation topic. And so could you just discuss sort of anything you're seeing with regards to consumer behavior to the acceleration in inflation sort of at the end of end of Q4 and then into uh into Q1? And also have you observed any any changes in the competitive uh landscape? So uh Pretty much the same answer uh, to the previous question. Uh, inflationary pressures are, are, are making consumers look for value and, and, and eat, eat at home a, a little more. So, um, you know, search for value. So that you, you would think would favor discounts. So, 
we're, we're confident that we have a, a great discount offer. We also provide great prices in our in our fresh stores, but we have uh, uh, you know great great businesses with uh, Super C and Food Basics in, in Ontario and Quebec. We're really well positioned to meet uh, consumer demand uh, for for those customers who are looking for value in both of our formats. Um, not much more I can say. And and are you observing any? Uh, adjustments uh, in the competitive landscape. I know that you said promotional activity has returned to pre-pandemic levels, but any further comments? It's it's very competitive. Uh, uh, it's very competitive. Everybody's looking for uh, their piece of the pie, uh, so it's it's very aggressive. Promotions are aggressive. Uh, it's 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 hard to promote certain items with with some of the inflation cost pressures we see, especially in meat. Uh, it, it makes it more difficult, but I think our merchandisers are experienced and can, can stick handle through this. Uh, we've done it before, and, and I think we're well positioned to face uh, face the competitive. But it's it's very competitive, and uh, it, we expect that to remain. And actually, sorry, just one more on that topic. Any difference in behavior promotionally uh, discount versus conventional or, or relatively balanced? Oh, well, the both, both formats have their own merchandising strategies, and uh, same for our competitors. So I don't think there's a huge change. I'm just saying it's it's very competitive and balancing. Yeah, understood. Okay, and then just with regards to e-commerce, I mean, I understand growth has flattened out as you're lapping a significant surge last year. But what are you observing now in terms of basket size and sort of composition? Is the slowdown just a matter of people mixing? online and in-store a bit more, or are you seeing something different in the consumer behavior? Well, uh, as I said in my opening remarks, demand is leveled off. It, it, it's still still growing, but it's uh, at a much slower pace. Uh, e-com sales are clearly above two years ago, but they're not at the, where the, they were during the peak pandemic when all the windows, uh, midweek, early in the day, whatever, everything was full. This is not the case now. So demand has, has, has leveled off. People have are going to restaurants or going back to, to old habits and visiting more stores, shopping around. So uh, e-com, e-com is, uh, is leveled off a bit. So that said, we, we, uh, we like our model. We like our flexibility. Uh, we have different uh, uh, models to serve the customer for, for uh, delivery, for click and collect. We have partners for instant delivery. Um, uh, we have dark stores for high-density markets, hub stores for mid-density markets. So I think uh, we are inve- we're investing at a measured pace, and we're meeting cons- consumer demand. It's uh, not easy. Uh, e-com is a tough business, but uh, we're getting better, and uh, I'm confident that we can perform well. Understood. And sorry, Francois, I think I'm not sure if I missed it in your comments, but can you provide any commentary with regards to CapEx for, uh, for next year or this year? Yeah, so as I said, uh, uh, 600 million this year was was a record level, uh, but it's going to be higher next year. Uh, if you, uh, you know, in, in light of the, the those ongoing investments, supply chain mostly. So, look, you can expect something north of 700 for next year. Okay, thank you very much. All the best. Thanks. Thank you. Next question will be from Vishal Sridhar at National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, I was hoping uh, that you could update us on the Ontario frozen DC. Is that still on track for January 2022? 
And are there any learnings from your prior DC implementations that you can apply to that to maybe have a, a quicker ramp up time or more efficiencies? So yes, we're on track for January to start shipping to our stores, as I mentioned earlier. So uh, the building is up, uh, the temperature is being brought down, inventory is gonna start to, to come in there soon. So yes, we, we are very much on track for a January uh, start. Um, for sure, there are lots of lessons learned with uh, the fresh uh, phase one that we did uh, this year. Um, so the, the new DC uh, for frozen foods is fully automated. Um, we, you would think that that would make it uh, more complicated and perhaps riskier. We think it's, it, it probably is gonna be a little easier because uh, the produce we were mixing uh, uh, manual pick with uh, with a portion of, uh, of automation not an easy uh, not an easy task so you know we expect uh, uh, that we're going to be ready and that uh, we're, we're going to be able to ramp it up um, efficiently uh, you know it hasn't started so I'm, I, I can't uh, tell you exactly and make, uh, make make promises that we can't keep but we're, we're doing everything we can to have uh, the smoothest transition that we that we uh, that we can have, uh, we we want to you know de-risk the business. We want to make sure our, our stores are serv serviced well. Um, so we're, we're going to plan the transition. Not we're going to plan is planned over four months. Hopefully, it could take a little less and go a little faster. But we're going to do things right, um, and that's the way uh, you know the team has planned it. And uh, I, I think it should be simpler. Uh, but you know, a change is a change, and there's always there's always risk with that. But I think we're managing that risk well and it will be ready. Okay, um, and, um, and and from time to time, Metro has been active in, in M&A, and I know you have uh, a larger CapEx investments coming up, but over the next few years, wondering how Metro thinks about um, the M&A backdrop currently, and would Metro entertain um, buying assets outside of its direct circle of operations of pharmacy and grocery? Um, no, uh, not for now. Uh, our, our focus is on food and pharmacy in Canada. So yes, there are fewer targets than there were, uh, but you know we take a long-term view, and you know that's 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 our business, that's our core business, and um, that's what we're focused on. Are, are there adjacent uh, adjacencies that could strengthen our food or pharma platform that we could look at? Never say never, but. Um, we like uh, we like food and pharmacy, and that's what we're focused on. And Ishaa, I'd just like to add uh, on your comment about how your capex uh, still leaves us with a very strong financial position, strong balance sheet that could take uh, that could be uh, that we seize any opportunity in M&A that makes sense. So uh, the higher capex doesn't change our our, uh, our our financial position, doesn't change the fact that we still be in positive free cash flow territory. So. We still uh, we still be able to uh, to act pretty quickly uh, should there be an opportunity to that comes up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Thanks for adding. And um, just just a quick one here. I was wondering about pharmacy in uh, beauty and pharmacy. How how far is that business away from uh, pre-pandemic levels? And do you do you make more margins selling beauty products into farm, uh, PJC from your DC as well? Um, how far? Uh, it's, I don't have an exact number versus a pre-pandemic. Uh, I, I think we're we're a bit shy of it, uh, we're, but we're certainly getting more traction. Like, like I said, in beauty and cosmetics, as the economy opens up and people are returning to the office. But it, 
it's not quite at the level of two years ago. Um, on the margin side, uh, beauty and cosmetics is, 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 is a higher margin category, both at retail and wholesale. So for both our franchisees and for us as distributor, it's, it is, yes, for sure, a, a higher margin uh, category. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Next question will be from Peter Sklar at BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, these, uh, you know, kind of uh, declining baskets and negative tonnage trends that the industry is experiencing as, uh, you know, restrictions ease and people go back to normal activity in restaurants. Um, how, how are you seeing that? Like, is it across all categories and um, how is it trending? And is it, I'm just wondering what your outlook is as residual restrictions are are eased. Do you, do you expect these basket and tonnage trends to get worse? And maybe you have some insights because you're seeing how it's trending as as you get into the uh, first fiscal quarter here. Um, the 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 overall number, the top line is is down. Uh, so so yeah, it's a mix of the higher traffic, but. Um, uh, lower basket versus last year. The composition of the basket is it's across. It's across the basket. There's no department or there's no category in the basket that is more down than others. I think it's, it's just a, a general a general decline versus very very high levels. Uh, I think the key point for me is that uh, on a two-year stack basis uh, we are up uh, in our sales, in our tonnage, in our market share. Um, pleased with that. Uh, like I said, uh, I think there was a, a rush to restaurants this summer, and people, you know, north, and, and you can't blame them uh, after a long COVID uh, period, wanting to get out. Uh, so uh, we, we felt that in the grocery channel uh, o o over the summer. But as uh, as the summer ended uh, and inflation picked up, I think a combination of both people are reverting back to uh, more food at home consumption. So, and I think that bodes well for us. So. We're, we're seeing our, our two-year stack uh, so far in the quarter improve. Um, so, so we think that's positive, and we, we think that uh, food sales uh, will remain more elevated uh, post-COVID uh, than pre-COVID. So. Okay, so, thank you. I look, I look at that um, favor. Okay. Um, on a different topic, can you talk a little bit about how the Montreal Dark Store is performing? Um, any trends or learnings from that, and is your expectation that you also do a eventually do a dark store in Toronto? Okay, so uh, the Montreal dark store opened this summer. Um, we closed uh, the delivery operations in three Montreal Island stores and, and concentrated them in the new dark store. So you know we're using the, pretty much the same technology that we had in store, so with some adjustments. So it's it's. It's a learning curve. There are some changes. It's not exactly the same as in a store. Uh, it's more efficient, but we uh, we've uh, honestly have had you know some issues staffing. <laughs> labor in Quebec is an issue. Uh, this summer it was it was it was hard to get labor uh, everywhere in our stores, in our DCs, and in the dark store. So the the, the ramping up is uh, is uh, is working with that. So you know we're pleased we're pleased with our progress, and at the same time you know demand leveled off. Uh, like we said, so I think uh, it, it was it was good timing to, to start the new the new DC uh, the new dark store in Montreal. Uh, Toronto is uh, you know the largest market in, in Canada, so uh, 
our, our plan is uh, eventually to have an ARC store in Toronto for, for sure, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question will be from Michael Van Elst at TD Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you. Um, I just wanted to start on gross margin because it was it was up quite nice, up 20 basis points. But considering the you know, the inefficiencies that usually come with the drop in tonnage and and the initial cost of goods sold inflation ramping up, um, I was surprised that it was up uh, by 20 basis points. So can you you know walk us through I guess what allowed you to to see that margin inflate uh, upside and and um, whether that's, I know you don't like to give guidance on margins, but you, you did comment about cost of goods sold being passed through over time rather than, you know, maybe immediately. So I'm not sure if that implies some pressure coming. Well, I think uh, I think it's a combination of factors uh, that, you know, our teams essentially, I think our merchandising programs are, uh, were well done and, and effective in providing the margin. I think our, our tools to manage shrink in our stores uh, keep getting better, and uh, that's always can, that's always uh, a, a factor. Um, inflation, you know, uh, in, in certain categories can help too. One other factor I would say is pharmacy. Uh, the, the, the mix of our sales, uh, pharmacy, um, uh, changed a bit or, or, or over the quarter. Um, we we had a. After we switched uh, operations, uh, the Metro Pharmacy DC combined with the Jean Couture, if you remember early last summer, there was a portion of the McMahon business which was uh, uh, wholesaling to hospitals, which we, we let go. So that was, a, that was a low margin business. So that's a contributing factor, not the main factor, but it's a contributing factor. So it's a bunch of things. Um, our private label sales continue to do better. HMR sales in our stores are up. So there's there's ups and downs, and there's inflation, and there's tonnage. I, I get all that, but we're pleased with our result at uh, 20 basis points. Michael? Please unmute, Michael. Oh, sorry. Uh, and just uh, two other quick questions. One, um, what should we expect for transition costs for the, for the DC in 22? And then, um, what does a normal capex look like once you're beyond all of these uh, you know, these uh, new DCs? Well, normal capex uh, will be you know somewhat similar to what we had uh, before uh, starting the 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 the, the, the fresh uh, part one, which will be a, sort of a mid uh, 500 million level, you know, five five fifty. That's uh, that was the normal sort of capex uh, run rate. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, you, next year you should expect uh, capex to be uh, to be higher. I, I, I would call it now at, a, at north of 700 million. Um, so that's so that's a run rate capex I think you could be using uh, going forward. 550, 550. We're not going to give a, a guidance on the transition cost. Uh, we have to manage uh, that as best we can. There will be some. Um, some costs. So uh, when, when you transition and you operate from two DCs for for three to four months, uh, if, if there's going to be some cost. Uh, maybe we can give you a more color. Um, <clears throat> well, like we did this, like we did this year when we, you know, we had one quarter where there was a uh, there was a transition cost for the f fresh uh, part one. So we 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 highlighted it. But 
you know, we in their business plan and in the model, we assume some transition costs, we assume some overhead uh, duplication. Uh, so hopefully we'll you know we'll be on track. But if if it's something that affects a particular quarter, we'll uh, we can give more color as 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 it happens. Perfect. Thank you. Any further questions, Michael? No, thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Irene Natal at RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thanks and good morning, everyone. Uh, I apologize ahead of time for beating the inflation horse, but um, that it does seem to be sort of the biggest issue of concern. So, you know, in, in the past, um, when we've seen inflation, you've seen some trade down and let's say, you know, cuts of meats or fresh to frozen. Um, you know, in your experience, at what level of inflation does that occur? That's the first element. But the second is, because we've seen so much higher inflation in food away from home, um, you know, are you expecting and maybe this time it's a little bit different or you think that won't make a difference? Um, so exactly like, like you said, um, people trading down or, or on cuts of meat, that will happen when, when uh, their cut or favorite cut of meat is up uh, significantly or is not promoted because it, the costs are, are gone too high. So there have been some weeks uh, recently where, where it, it, it's been challenging for our people to, to advertise some of the cuts we, we would have liked to advertise because the prices would be uh, too high for, for everyone. So um, it, it's related to the category and to the, to the skew or to the cut. Um, uh, that, that will pro, that will generate that uh, trading down activity, um, and then after if inflation is is the story in the news for for months and weeks and months and uh, everybody's talking about inflation, that creates a mindset for sure, and then the general population can can start trading down uh, on a more you know broad level, uh, private label, fresh to frozen cuts of meat, everything you mentioned is behavior that can happen. Uh, we're not seeing that much uh, yet, uh, but that you know, if inflation is the story for 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 a long period of time, that could happen. Um, like you said, inflation uh, away from home seems to be uh, even higher. So uh, again, that's uh, I think uh, reflected in our in our performance uh, so far in this quarter, where you know, as I said, our two-year stack uh, has has gone back up a bit. So uh, it's. It's good for us. For sure, for sure. Thank you. And then if I just might uh, switch gears a little bit uh, over to, to PJC, um, at this point in time, do you feel as though you've gotten uh, all of the synergies from the distribution, um, you know, sort of the merging of the distribution from looking at, you know, sort of the supply, just sort of from A to Z? Do you feel like you're now at a steady run rate, or we can still expect kind of a step up, if you will, relative to where you know the one plus one historically? Well, we we guided uh, to a ten million dollar distribution synergy for F22, following the combination of the operations in Varenne uh, earlier this summer, and we're, we're sticking with that. Over and above the seventy-five that we had. Procurement. Uh, realize, yeah. procurement. And procurement and expenses yeah. and admin. So, uh, you know, we achieved our $75 million synergy number earlier than planned. 
the uh, the last portion uh, related to distribution was delayed because of COVID, uh, and we're now we're now uh, operating out of there. Uh, our, our operations are steady state, um, and uh, we we are confident that we will achieve the 10 million over the course of fiscal 22. Right. Like I said earlier, I, I'm I'm confident that uh, Jean Coutu, our pharmacy, uh, was a tough year. Uh, F21. We had a labor conflict. We had the COVID and with the restrictions. So F21 was a tough year in pharmacy and we're looking for F22 to deliver stronger results in addition to those synergies. That's great, thank you. Thanks, Irene. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And the next question will be from Chris Lee at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, hi, Eric. I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but just you know, wondering if you assume you continue to manage cost inflation the way you have so far, is it reasonable to assume that gross margin rates for next year to remain stable? Just curious to see what are some of the major puts and takes for gross margin for uh, for next year. Thank you. Well, again, um, you know, we 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 hope to you know keep our margin rates healthy and uh, we will do the best we can, but in, uh, there's clearly inflation out there and uh, we want to stay very competitive and provide value to our customers. So can that put pressure on the gross margin rate? It could, so I'm not going to guarantee uh, the rate, but uh, I think we have experienced merchandisers. Uh, we have a good mix with uh, conventional discount pharmacies, so we're looking for, you know, we, we are planning to, to deliver our numbers. So gross margin is part of that, but you know, we have to manage the rate and with our expenses and with our tonnage, and, and it's all a mix, to, as you know, to deliver the bottom line. So for sure, uh, gross margin is, is a KPI, and it's something we look at uh, very closely. But uh, there can be movement in the rate in, in, in times like these. So we'll, we'll see how we do. Okay, that's helpful. And then maybe a quick question on e-commerce. Just curious, you know, other than the dock store in Montreal, can you share with us what other initiatives are being deployed to further improve online profitability over the longer term? Well, uh, it's execution and it's uh, processes and it's just getting you know more efficient uh, every day, uh, every week, every month. Um, clearly, volume uh, helps uh, to, to, to achieve uh, better profitability. Um, so, you know, we have a good team. We, we're putting a lot of effort in, into uh, our, our systems and um, uh, to be efficient. Uh, I think we, we are investing at the right level. We're, uh, we're adding capacity at a measured pace and, um, you know, looking to generate uh, contribution. It's, as I said, no surprise uh, there. It's dilutive versus brick and mortar, but it's, it's, it's part of our mix. Our customers, some of our customers uh, want uh, e-com. And uh, we are there for them, and we will deliver um, or let them pick up at our stores. So, um, again, execution uh, is the name of the game uh, with, with good people and good systems, and uh, hopefully our, our profitability keeps getting better. Great. And maybe just a couple of quick ones on operating expenses. The first one, just a clarification. Um, was any of the $10 million of the warehouse integration from Junker to was that realized in the quarter, or is, are they still to come? It's for fiscal 2022. Okay. And, and Francois, just another quick one. Um, 
you know, if I, for the quarter, if I exclude the COVID-related expenses, you know, it looks like your operating expenses um, for the fiscal 21 for the entire year were up about 3.5%. Again, you know, do you expect a similar growth rate for, for, for next year? Um, again, sort of what are some of the major puts and takes? Well, it's, uh, again, it's, what we're seeing now is a bit the reverse of what we saw pandemic. When we had high COVID expenses last year, our increase in SG&A was not, you know, year over year was not uh, that much higher. It's the same thing now. We have lower COVID expenses, although, as I said, the line is getting <laughs> a bit blurry. Um, you know, it's part of the way we operate. But we have lower COVID expenses, but we have, we have more uh, operating expenses and services that were reintroduced, uh, hot foods, uh, uh, HMR, some, 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 some maintenance, some advertising, as I said, is up as well. So we always manage, you know, we always manage our cost uh, in line with uh, in line with our sales volume. So, uh, you know, we, we intend to continue to do all we can to improve uh, and, and create operating leverage. So uh, we try to keep the increase in, in, in operating expenses, uh, you know, lower than the increase in sales. That's our, that's our, that's our end without affecting obviously service and, and, and remaining competitive. So I think, you know, as uh, just on the gross margin discussion we had earlier, uh, we're going to be doing the same thing on cost containment uh, going forward. Uh, so you can expect a, 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 you know, the same sort of operating leverage that we keep delivering. Great, and uh, all the best uh, for the holiday season. Thank you. You too, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Next question will be from Mark Petrie at CIBC. Please go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to follow up with regards to the launch of the Click and Collect uh, program at uh, at PJC. Are there any expenses uh, or material expenses to you uh, through the launch of that? And um, does that affect uh, or and, and then the sort of store level costs? I assume those all are are borne by the franchisee. But just any any comment with regards to the economic impact uh, of that would be helpful. So it's 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 not material. Um, uh, so at our level, and neither for the franchisees, so um, they they bear the cost of uh, uh, retail operations and, and the staff to to provide the service. Uh, but it's it's part of their it's part it's part of their operation, and uh, we don't expect a, a material impact on them or us. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. At this time, there are no further questions. I would like to turn the call back to Sharon Kadosh. Thank you all for your interest in Metro, and we will speak again soon to discuss our first quarter results on January 25th. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending, and at this time, we ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.